and welcome to another episode of Solo Powered with me, Ariana Dunn. This is a podcast that celebrates doing things solo, whether that be solo travel, solo business, solo journey to parenthood, single by choice, solo adventures, or solo pursuits of passion. Remember, this is not about living a lonely life. This is about living the most full life on your terms. Speaking about living the most full life on your terms, I have an incredible guest to talk to this week. Kathy O'Connor is a well-known fashion stylist operating in the fashion and beauty world in Ireland for many years. Kathy and I have known each other throughout the industry of me working in magazines for a long time and I'm really excited um, that she is a guest on this podcast to talk about not only her amazing solopreneurism journey in the world of fashion and beauty and styling but also to talk about a new fantastic campaign that I for one am fully behind. Women Unbrand is a social awareness campaign that aims to create social change towards aging in the fashion and beauty worlds. This is spearheaded by Cathy, who feels that um, unbranded women unbranded gives a voice to women over 40 and beyond who have experienced a lack of representation and inclusion in many fashion and beauty brands, marketing and advertising campaigns. As someone who works for Irish Country Magazine, we are very clear in terms of our intention of making sure that everything that we create in the magazine is of interest to a large cohort of our readers across ages. And as someone who has worked in advertising for many years, it's often annoyed me when I get briefs in all of the time, uh, just targeting 25 to 44 year olds. And certainly I always felt that 65 plus kind of fell off a cliff when it came to advertising campaigns, despite the fact that many women 60 and 65 plus have plenty of money to spend um, and plenty of disposable income and they're just not targeted or not seen as important from an advertising perspective so to see a campaign an important campaign like women unbranded being spearheaded by a phenomenal lady like Kathy O'Connor is something that I am delighted to be able to talk about on Solo Powered. So we'll not only talk about that, we'll also talk about her solopreneurism journey, her being a solo by choice uh, status, relationship status, and just have a general wonderful chat because anytime I talk to Kathy, it is always wonderful. So Kathy, you're so welcome on Solo Powered. Thank you so much. Listen, thank you so much, uh... For, for having me on and, and well done to you for creating a podcast like this, Ariana, because I just think it's so important to highlight the value of, of doing things and being brave and all of that. So it's it's really great that you highlight the richness that's that's available to all of us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And yeah, you're you're right. It is important that we embrace life and, and live it to the fullest, you know, whatever our circumstances may be. Um, talk to me about your circumstances in terms of being a hugely successful fashion stylist in, in an industry that's quite hard to get into, quite hard to crack. Um, and you've done it phenomenally well as a solopreneur over the last few years. So maybe talk to us a little bit about that, about that because I have many listeners who would love to be a, a fashion stylist or have their own business or work for themselves. So how did that come about? 
do, do you know, like almost everything I've ever done, Ariana, it's it's come out about uh, slightly accidentally, um, you know, in, in that I'm just not the kind of person who thinks of a five year plan, a one year plan, even three months, three mm. months. I have to breathe through that to think about it. So I've been kind of fortunate um, to to see opportunities and be able to follow them. Now, I say that like that's a piece of cake. But as you know, for all of us, any time when we're we're stepping outside our comfort zone, it takes gumption. It takes digging deep. But however, fortune favors the brave. And so um, I, I've been lucky to, enough to be able to explore things. So how fashion I, I've I've always loved fashion. So I was the child that dressed up in my grandmother's uh, jewelry and click clacked around the house in, in high heels. So I've, I've always loved style. And so I can't remember when it was, but I was offered the opportunity. Oh, yes, I was, that's right. I was working on Off the Rails and I was offered the opportunity to be a fashion editor on New Magazine at the time. I went in quite, not quite knowing what a fashion editor does. And before I knew it, there it was. And, and you got to remember, this is at a time when social media didn't exist. And um, I, I didn't really know there was such a job as a stylist. It was, you know, it was just like a whole new world. So I found myself doing this. And then I went on to work in television and blah, blah, blah. It all it all unfolded sort of step by step, but but mostly just through going here goes <laughs> let's give it a chance you know oh my goodness I remember off the rails I loved that show my sister was on it as like a guest or like a, she was they were I think that they were doing some sort of like fashion makeover or it was like some sort of thing on like going out to the Dublin markets and trying to the flea markets and trying to bag a bargain or something so I remember she was um she was on it which was like a big highlight for us at the time and then you know of course you magazine with Harmonia I Speaking of kind of falling into things, I don't know, would you remember when iVenus launched with? Yes, um, yes, yeah. yes. So iVenus launched, um, which was really ahead of its time, actually. It was a website that launched in around about the 2000. It was actually 2000, the year 2000 that iVenus launched. Um, and it was a, a women's website. It was a women's fashion and beauty website. Um, and I remember at the time my sister worked for uh, Smurfish Communications, which were developing it. And they were looking for someone to be the, uh, to be like a, a video vlogger, which was again, way ahead of its time. I mean, yes, this is like sure. Big Brother. Big Brother had only just come out, right? But they wanted someone to kind of vlog their daily life. Um, and share it with 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 readers and so they had a male one and a, and a female one and I was the Ariana Cam and Ray Walsh who was the editor of RTE Guide and is now the editor of, RT, of TV now he was the Ray Cam and uh, <laughs> but it didn't quite work out because we had to get ISDN lines installed into our house and we would try to like have to like you know G up a modem with that <laughs> and, yes. and it would take about 16 hours for like a three minute video to upload so um, yeah it didn't last too long and like I say ahead of its time it was that magazine or that 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 website um but you magazine was a you know as such a such a success story in Ireland in terms of that so like talk to us about that time working working in a magazine and and finding your feed as a fashion stylist how did how did you how did you navigate that 
Do you know, it, it was um, it, it was just an extraordinary uh, break. So I, I'd, I'd done a piece on on because uh, I was a researcher on um, on off the rails, just temporarily cut to cover someone's maternity leave. I volunteered to do one piece where three different ways during the recording, Ariana, I would have happily eaten my right arm off. I mean, I was just beyond nervous you know when your brain just freezes and you can't even speak and um, so anyhow but managed just to kind of just get through it and so the editor of you magazine the lovely Maura Kiley saw it and said you know who we need to get in here is your woman and wow. I worked there and before I know it I'm having a chat with her about doing it so it, it was it was a real it was a real privilege to do that. I, I had no clue about about really what the job was. And, um, you know, it wasn't like I was shadowing anyone. And, and really, there was such a handful of publications. And, and it, you know, I think it was just a business at a very different time. So it was a real privilege to work with great creatives to to just stumble my way through it, because any of these things every day is a school day, as far as I'm concerned. So mm -hmm. everything you do you learn more from having done it and uh so it, it was it was great to do it mm. and did you study like what did you had you been to college or was this kind of straight out of school or how did that go about no now uh, I, I have done many many things in my in my life um and uh so no i i i uh, my, my ambition always was to live abroad so i studied languages and and just just circumstance of my family just changed all that so um so i i've worked in all sorts of arenas i just always always kind of delving and changing and so many of them so it has not been linear in right. any way. right yeah. yeah yeah which is interesting because i mean i think a lot of the guests that i've had on the podcast so far who have talked and shared their solopreneur journeys have had similar stories that it's all sort of happened accidentally you know i've had um, Heather Condren, who is from Flower Pop, who calls herself the accidental florist, and Phoebe Foran from Forager, who sort of said that she sort of enjoyed like making little things and little potions, and then her friends asked her to make more. And and you know, often people who have become successful do it because they're following a passion or following something that they're just sort of naturally interested in and naturally good at, which is clearly what happened with you in terms of having that eye. And um, and then sort of working for you magazine, then you 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 then went into the freelance world and working for yourself do you know while I was doing fashion editor I was also working in television because I'd worked in television for for uh for many years kind of as a coordinator and then I was um I became a producer director and one of my assignments was to produce off the rails mm. uh, during the time when the lovely Pam and and um and Caroline were, were hosting and so, and I, I then would work with an awful lot of stylists. Um, and so my series producer said to me, listen, why don't you do, why don't you do a makeover? And I just gone, no way, Jose, am I doing this? I didn't study drama. This, I have no desire to be in front of that camera. Absolutely not, not my bag. I don't want that attention. And then I just thought, oh, for God's sake, Maisie, get over yourself and just <laughs> give it a whirl. Do you know? So then I found myself, doing you know being involved in that kind of side of things so and then 
that that took off in a whole other direction mm, amazing yeah. um for anyone who doesn't know what off the rails was I mean it was like what it was an hour-long show that was fashion sort of show that was on network two I think it was called that's time. right and, and and like just so unbelievably popular yeah uh, this is when this is a kind of time when you know we'd really high caliber specialists people who really knew their stuff and um, it, it was a program that was taken by no means seriously in a sense but but we had a lot of really fantastic, articulate, invaluable contributors to the program. So it was a hugely popular program mm. that RT, it ran for a long time and RT decided we're just taking this off air. And, you know, um, so any of, for whatever reason um, that that happened. So it, it was uh, and we would do makeovers. We would do editorials, highlight stuff. Um, and I think the last one of it would have been Brendan and Sonia would present it. So it was that kind of format. Mm. Um, I I very briefly worked, well, I worked for Kiss magazine and very briefly was in that styling world where I would do makeovers for teenagers and I was terrible at it because I, I hated, I would go into Cleary's and have to pick all of these different clothes and I had not got a clue what I was doing either and a similar story <laughs> yeah. to you but I remember poor Kieran Hartnett who's a photographer here on the scene in Ireland, he used to be, we used to go to his studio and he would just kind of look at me forlornly as I was putting these poor teenage girls in these awful outfits with like you know and their legs would be blue like because there'd be no fake tan and, and it somehow managed to kind of pull it together eventually but definitely my styling days were were certainly uh, numbered back then um yeah. but, but Ariane it is a curious thing because I think that you know when people talk about uh, kind of makeovers or, or being a personal shopper which I would be sometimes people think it's about me saying oh here's wear this and in fact it's really so much of the psychology of of who the person is because you know for me style is about self-expression so I don't want to turn out many me's it's not about what I think you should wear it's about who are you what do you feel really good in what gives you confidence what gives you that kind of sense of a oh god I'm feel completely relaxed because this this outfit is really me uh, and so people would very often think they never really understood the thing that you're never giving people clothes to wear you really have to take a step back go ask very particular questions who are you and and also get them to move slightly outside their comfort zone because anyone who's volunteering as you know for a makeover is so brave because they're on national television like who knows what's going to happen uh, in a sense uh, and so these are people who have an appetite for change they've done the internal work and so here's the last phase of it is I want to say to the world Here's a reinvented me. So it's something that's very, it's much more psychological, much more person to person than people imagining put on this red dress. It's, mm. it, um, as you know, there's just so much to it. Mm. That's so interesting because as you were speaking there, everything that you were saying is almost verbatim what I, um, how I describe coaching and life coaching and the work that I do as a coach, because people think that as a coach, I tell people what to do or give them advice, whereas absolutely that's not the case. I work with a client by listening to them, understanding them and helping them to find out what they want and helping them to go on that journey to uncovering, you know, what is deep inside them in terms of their, their subconscious mind and things that they might want to do in terms of achieving their goals and then I help them to do that right and so it's exactly the same as what you're saying it's that it's that opportunity to work with someone to find an inner part of themselves that they can express through fashion or through beauty 
Absolutely. And, and you know, Ernie, I think very often that people can, well, certainly in my experience of, experience of personal shopping, people can tell you what they don't want. They, mm -hmm. They'll, you know, they'll tell you all very often, very easily what they don't want. But to try and kind of pull a thread, and I'm sure it's the same for you, of, OK, let's just pull this and see where it leads us. Um, really takes a step back, a capacity to listen. And I think in the just giving people space um, just to express themselves is hugely healing. And do, do you know, we, it kind of just gets that fire in themselves reignited. And, um, you know, so I think it's 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 marvelously transformative work. And, you know, you've just reminded me that partly what I love about doing makeovers and it's such a privilege. It's such a privilege, as as you would know yourself and mm. um, to have people who are who were not feeling that great about themselves. It could be some body issue. It doesn't kind of matter actually what it is, but to be a small part and a small contributor of someone's transformation where they feel I'm reconnecting to myself. I feel more confident. I want to engage with the world. I want to engage with my life is such an extraordinary privilege. And to have women who are a bit down in themselves, who, who look at themselves in the mirror and on all they do is criticize how they look to be part of something where people are going, God, you know what? I feel pretty good. I'm going to go out and buy myself a lipstick. And do you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a huge, it's a huge privilege. Mm. And I think just in terms of this podcast and the concept of this being around solo powered and being empowered to do things on your own, essentially, I think that's a really important message. And maybe you can offer some advice to people because I, I feel that a lot of people are afraid to put themselves out there, maybe because they are conscious of their appearance or they feel that they, you know, are hidden in the shadows or that they don't know how to express themselves. And I, you know, one of my motivations for doing this podcast was as a coach, I often hear people talking about wanting to go on a fitness or a journey or wanting to lose weight. Um, but they don't have anyone to go for a walk with and they don't want to go to the gym because they don't have anyone to go to the gym with and so what I'm trying to encourage people to do is to just embrace doing things on your own and taking that power back as opposed to feeling like you need someone else to give you that power to hold your hand through that power right so in terms of someone who might be listening who's feeling that you know they do want to get them put themselves out there but they are maybe conscious about their appearance what are some advice or some things that they could potentially do well, I suppose, you know, the great thing I think about anyone who is is desiring change is that their spirit is still active mm -hmm. because I think that 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 spirit it rattles our cage. So rather than allowing us go, well, I'll just be sitting here kind of doing nothing. It rattles our cage to the point that on the good days, it propels us to take action and words without action are meaningless. So, as you say, it's any small step of going to the gym, do you know what, you'll meet someone, you'll meet many people who are also going to the gym on their own, who'd be delighted to have a classmate buddy. Do, do you know what I mean? So it's all out there kind of waiting. And I think what happens certainly just when it comes to style, um, you know, and for me, it's not about fashion, it's about style, is that people are coming to me for personal shopping are generally not people who kind of feeling really good about their bodies or themselves. And very often they, they've already been out to the shops and can't find anything. And the reason they come to me very often is that there's some event that they, so it could be a wedding, it could be an occasion, it could be a, they're going on holidays, could be going for promotion, any number of ideas, uh, any number of reasons. But the common thread, Ariana, is that they are judging themselves through the eyes of others. Yeah. 
and then they don't like what they see and it it kind of paralyzes them and yet they know they've got to take action and so it, it is that you know and it's partly why I kind of started at Women Unbranded is that very often at, at that time people really start to second guess themselves to be so judgmental about themselves that they kind of they sort of give up and honest to God there is nobody you are meeting there is nobody you are meeting who will judge you as harshly as as you judge yourself so it's a kind of a pointless it's a sort of a pointless exercise and I think doing small things in whatever way is going to reignite your confidence be it that I'm I'm getting my I'm getting a, a blow dry or I've bought a lipstick or I've got a top on that I feel really good in or in going whatever going for a walk onto the gym whatever these things I'm reading a book those small things really contribute to creating habits and then once you've got a habit going it becomes a routine and part of your life but it's the overall thing of you are of value and you are worth investing in you are worth spending time on that just sometimes just passes people by yeah god I didn't realize how much synergy there was between fashion styling and coaching because that is absolutely what I preach as well in terms of that whole concept of sort of getting out of your way and not allowing the judgment I mean I teach confidence courses right so I teach how to be more confident and one of the biggest things that I talk about is you know not letting judgment of yourself or others stop you from doing what you want to do which is really one of the main blockers for people and and there's an exercise that I do within the confidence course which is I get people to write down the worst thing that they could possibly hear about themselves and then to burn it because there there was no one who was going to write something as nasty as what you will write about yourself right I mean that is we are our, our biggest critics um, and so if you can kind of get that out of the way worst case scenario and move on and know that no one cares really anyway you know I often say to people no one gives a crap about you but in the nicest possible way because if you can sort of live with that freedom of not thinking that people are judging you or looking at you or you know thinking negatively about you and that stands for so many things across the solo powered kind of spectrum people starting their own businesses are worried what people will say about about them people going to the gym worry people when they're sitting in a restaurant on their own or going to the cinema on their own or going traveling on their own are always worried about what other people think and you know I think um I think I think when in terms certainly from a confidence perspective though for me, certainly, I, I would get a lot of confidence from looking well. So from making sure that I feel well presented. And I think it's important that we don't emphasize necessarily, you know, from a women's perspective, that means putting on makeup or, you know, getting your nails done. It's just, as you say, spending that quality time with yourself, whether that's a nice skincare routine or, you know, something that you can do in terms of making sure that you have a nice outfit on that you feel good in and that fits you well um so I think you know just even in terms of tips of things like that you know what about like kind of like overhauling your wardrobe or doing decluttering it's that kind of time of year now that people might look at that do you have any advice around that well you know and I suppose it's so timely now Ariana because I suppose having had the COVID years where we were schlepping around in leggings and like who cares because you know the world may end type of thing I think it's a great time to kind of reassert uh, reassert that and the the thing I suppose that's at the core of it in a way is who are you? 
do you like so for me it is about self-expression you know that that's my kind of attitude to style and so it's about in the same way as you would asking kind of pertinent questions where people can just go how do I want to express do I like glamour am I kind of edgy am I understated there's all sorts of kind of questions you can ask just to get more clarity around how do I want to present myself to the world so I think there's you know and I think that's the benefit of of going to any kind of expert if mm. what you're doing isn't working get help mm. get help mm. you know if you don't know how to do your makeup go to one of the counters you can you know redeem it against purchases I mean just get outside help if it's not working and so when it comes to people's style I suppose that's the thing I suppose a lot of people found during those years is that they already had tons of clothes and then say I don't want to buy any more clothes but it's like do you have the right clothes and very often people people don't mm -hmm. and particularly Ariana, I think for people who may have lost weight put on weight it's so good to just get one or two things that make you feel good for right now while you're starting the process of putting on weight losing weight whatever whatever your transformation is and not putting off the feel good factor until until someday when you're perfect it's about how you feel every day and that kind of investment and I'm not talking necessarily about spending lots of money but that investment in terms of how can I make myself feel better feel more confident just pays off in such dividends that that in a way sorry and I, I suppose I'm going to the psychological thing but yes sorry back to the wardrobe reading and again if you're not good at it that's what I do. There's other people out there who can do it. And it's about taking, looking at your wardrobe, taking anything out that you're not wearing. Mm -hmm. And particularly if they are things that you used to fit in, that you can't fit into anymore, because what you do not want to do is open your wardrobe and feel like failure. Mm -hmm. So get those blooming things out, put them elsewhere. You can review it in a month's time, six months time, whenever it is. And just to see what you're, what you've got in your wardrobe. What are the things that when you look at them, you're going, God, you know, I like a punch of color. I like a little bit of print. I feel good in this. And, or indeed you might be someone who just likes really neutral things that are very kind of more basic than they, just adding a touch of a pair of earrings, a, an interesting trainer, just some little touch of individuality that you are dressing just for yourself where it's not about I'm doing this for other people it's actually if I if I put this on if I put on lipstick or take another 10 minutes to do a skincare routine I feel better about me any of those things are absolutely invaluable because too often there are other people who we imagine have are more worthy of our time mm -hmm. and no one is more worthy of your time than yourself mm -hmm. Such a, such an important message and I, like absolutely I love that whole idea for you it's about style not fashion I think that's always how I've been I've never really followed fashion trends because I you know the shape of my body I have big breasts and I've you know I've got skinny legs and I've got like so like I wasn't always able to sort of like wear the the clothes that were in fashion so it was always just about finding clothes that I felt good in and that I felt I looked well in or comfortable in I suppose as well um but 
Yeah, like I think we had um, Pat Kane from Reusey on the podcast a, a couple of episodes ago. And, you know, I think the, the message there as well in terms of being sustainable and sustainable fashion is if there are things that aren't fitting you anymore, you know, bringing them to a zip yard, bringing them to a tailor, looking at ways in which you can kind of rather than sort of saying one day I will lose that stone and I'll fit back into them. It's like, how can you actually utilize them and use them today and not be giving yourself a guilt trip every time you look at that pair of jeans or look at that dress but how can you actually upcycle it potentially and make it worthy of now and not sometime in the future that may or may not happen a hundred percent and I really love that idea of the kind of circular fashion thing I mean you know I, I've always loved pre pre-loved clothes I've been doing it for years before it was fashionable shoot because I, I like really good design I love really good fabrics and so do, do you know, I, I a lot of what I have in my wardrobe, someone else owned it. And when I'm done with it, I'll pass it on. And just to kind of keep things moving. And as you say, just going and having it revamped so that it works for you or else letting go, yeah. letting go and passing it on maybe to a friend who may love it. Do a swap with someone else if you want to do it that way. My God, charity shops will be delighted. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know, and, and just letting Letting go. I, I I just think the underlying purpose of life in a way, Ariana, is evolution. Mm. I do not want to come into this life and go out the other end, clocking up a few experiences and the same experience over and over again. So anytime when we're kind of expanding a wee bit, when we're refreshing our style, when we're refreshing our mindset, when we're kind of letting go is just so blooming fantastic. Yeah. And like just just touch, touch, touching on that in terms of the I'm a massive fan of charity shop shopping as well. I always was. I think I got it from my from my mom. Um, but I remember being 18. I was one of my first jobs was working in town on Castle Street. And I remember going into the Oxfam on Dame Street. And I remember sort of like being kind of shy about like will anyone see me going in that whole thing again of like negative perception that you think people are looking at you. But I remember um buying or and finding a brown leather car. Aaron Millen skirt for four pounds, pounds I think it was at the time and I wore it I mean I was 18 and I just thought it was the coolest thing and I was just like this that to me was like started my 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 real love of charity shop shopping that that when you find a, a gem like that <laughs> It, no, it's it's just fun. It's it's so brilliant, and also there there are consignment stores as well, which are just fantastic. There's one in, in Sandymount, UNK that I really love, and so there are people I've never met these women, obviously, but there's people who 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 have brands that I really love and that are my size. And when whoever that woman is drops in that shop, I'm going. She's been in. So do, do you know? I think it's just a great way of keeping it all moving and and, you know we can buy and that's why I prefer it to fast fashion depending on what your appetite is but we can buy things really love them for a while and they go do you know what I'd like to move this on and either you can give it away you can sell it again but it's no harm just to keep it all moving nothing in life is stagnant nothing in life is stagnant so we should certainly not be so yeah, absolutely. It's all about that change. And just what you said as well, I, I before we started recording, I, I noticed your shock of grey earrings that you have, obviously. Yeah, like beautiful shock of grey. And and um and you always have that beautiful shock of grey hair as well. So it's a lovely brand match there. But um I my friend is um Maeve Barry, who is the brand Eve Ray, who makes those beautiful Eve Ray earrings, which I have in almost every colour and I wear them with a black dress and it just completely transforms the outfit and I get so many compliments 
movement. So I think definitely there's a lot of fantastic. And again, you know, you know, looking at being sustainable, there's some amazing Irish jewelry brands, Irish accessories brands. Um, we have the Irish Made Awards in Irish Country Magazine, and we have, you know, the the we're seeing so many incredible names coming to the fore now. And you know, for a fairly inexpensive amount of money, whether, you know, I think the Eve Ray earrings are maybe 60 euro, you can really feel so special and so dressed up just by putting on some kind of, um, you know, accoutrement to your outfit, right? So you don't have to spend lots of money, you can still feel and look fabulous for a minimal amount. Absolutely, Arian. And, you know, I would be a huge supporter of Irish design and local. And, you know, I, I'm lucky enough that I tend not to shop online because I've, I'm in Dublin. I've access to shops and, and that. But I, I really believe in keeping the money in the local economy because the people who have businesses in your local economy put the money back into the local economy as well. And also for Irish designers, you know, these people, they create because they have to, in a sense, there's something in them that against the odds, they are there in their studio working away at something. And the amount of encouragement, validation, the fact that you spend money with them keeps them going, not only financially, but also believing in their own craft is just so invaluable. It, it doesn't really matter if you buy from a mega mega jewelry brand or a mega multinational but by god it really matters to an irish designer mm -hmm. that you support them so 100 percent, whenever possible i think it's just great to champion irish yeah because i think you also still get that designer feel right so if it's a designer pair of earrings you're like oh, I'm wearing designer because they're that Irish brand. And so you get that sort of double feeling of like feeling like you look nice as well as that supporting Irish brands, as well as having that designer kind of label attached to it as well. And, and also something much more individual. So you're not kind yes. of going, oh, there's the Zara, blah, 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 that everyone's wearing. You're wearing something that's much more individual. A hundred percent with you. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. So let's talk about Women Unbranded then. I, you know, like I said at the intro, there's, I have lots of um, opinions about this as well and you know I think it's 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 such a, an important campaign that you've um that you've launched and so talk to us about it tell me where it's all kind of come about and and why you're passionate about it so I, I suppose I, I know this from kind of two ends. One is that I, I, I work with brands, I create content, I do, you know, uh, workshop presentations for them. And very often I'm working with brands um, and not fast fashion brands. So I'm very often working with brands whose core customer is the over 40 woman. And it just became really obvious to me that many of those brands are ignoring their most valuable customer, which is the over 40 woman, because she's got brand loyalty and money in her pocket. Yeah. And in any other arena, Ariana, you would just think that, my God, that demographic, surely, surely the brands are tripping over themselves to get to talk to these women. And in fact, they don't. They will not communicate with us directly. And instead, what they do is they use inappropriately young models for their campaigns, for their advertising. And the effect of that is that it makes that woman who's over 40 feel in some way irrelevant, disconnected and invisible. And as bad as it is to feel invisible, it's when women feel invisible to themselves that the harm is really done. And I'm talking about the woman who looks at herself in the mirror and is only full of criticism because of how she looks. Because I think the market that the message that we receive from fashion and beauty worlds is that fashion and beauty is the domain of the young. Mm. And 
the young and the beautiful. And I tell you, when either one of those starts to fade, by God, do you feel in some way, uh, you know, in some way excluded? And it's it's we've just got too much to offer. It's just not on. And I think at a time when so many women have clocked up a few flying hours, they know themselves better. They've come through shit in their lives. They've come out the other side. Do you know, they kind of in a way, there's kind of liberation that happens around this, that just when they they're in that kind of point, they intersect with fashion and beauty saying we no longer want to talk to you. But even just the word fade, uh, I feel like just, you know, uh, stuck out to me there in terms of what you were talking about, which suggests that beauty has a time frame, which, you know, I feel that you are 63 years of age and you look absolutely stunning and beautiful. Um, And, you know, I've, I've said your age there and I've said your age pointedly because I think we need to stop saying things like, oh, well, you shouldn't ask a woman her age, like as if age is uh, something that is taboo or something that should be hushed at what a privilege it is for us to get older where so many people don't have that privilege and to look after yourself and to to care about yourself from the outside in you know our skin is our biggest organ you know drinking nice plenty of water getting plenty of sleep you know all of those things that we can do to help ourselves look and feel better doesn't need to cost an arm and a leg. We don't need to be plastering our face with makeup or dyeing our hair. And I think, you know, this is something that really angered me. I was watching um, the best of the Today Show the other week and they had a lady on and, you know, you've talked about doing makeovers, um, but they had a lady on who was actually nominated by her son-in-law. She didn't nominate herself. Uh, she was nominated by her son-in-law, but the presenter was sort of introducing her as a woman who had let herself go and how she had even she had completely lost her mojo was the words I won't say who the presenters were but completely lost her mojo and had even stopped dyeing her hair which suggests that language suggests that women should always dye their hair which I you know again I I was just and then when she was transformed and when she was really plastered in makeup and didn't look really anything like herself she was you know, crying, looking at her reflection and the presenters were saying, she was saying, oh, I don't wear makeup. And the presenter was saying, well, you should, you should wear makeup because you look great and you have lovely features. And then the other presenter said, yeah, this is how you should dress. You should dress like this all of the time. And I remember I was so angry that I actually had to send a voice note to Clara, the editor of Irish Country Magazine, because I just thought, this is not the type of messaging that I would want our readers to feel like that they should be doing anything, right? You shouldn't, um, you shouldn't have to, you know, dye your hair or wear makeup if 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 that isn't something that brings you joy and makes you happy. And I think that that's why this kind of campaign, you know, was really interesting for me because it's about sort of creating positivity around women at any age and celebrating the beauty that comes with aging and not trying to mask it a hundred percent and age is such is such a a kind of unappealing word so it's it's extraordinary you know at a time of like just amazing inclusion when minority groups have fought so hard to get a seat at the table yeah that, that we're not there, do you know? And so you look at at kind of, um you know, fashion weeks abroad and they've got kind of, they got kind of color, they got size, they got kind of gender neutrality. Where are the over 40 models? Yeah. Who is buying couture? 
who is by you know so it's it's kind of a crazy thing ariana uh, and so i suppose it's the depiction as well of age where you've got this kind of like this rush of 20 somethings 30 somethings for fashion and then age is not depicted until it's advanced old age and then the depiction of it is one of isolation ill health it's very bleak and it's almost as if the only people who ever suffer from isolation or ill health are those people who are advanced age? And my God, if COVID taught us anything, it was that isolation can happen to all people, you know, it kind of everywhere. So it's that middle ground where we're just not seen at all. And it's it's just kind of outrageous because I think the over 40 woman has so much to offer in terms of experience, in terms of wisdom, in terms of liberation, in terms of crack. Mm -hmm. Because in a way, you slightly care less about the things that you that you used to care about. And, and you know, and, and I did a survey because I wanted to find out, Ariana, was it just the people in my community or, or clients that I was encountering? And it and I did a survey and it was really to see the, the monetary value of these people, the language they wanted to be associated with and, and who are their influences as well. And, and so it's just it's a very real thing that that women there's a supposition that as you get older that the future belongs to the young and the past belongs to the older and there's a supposition that as you get older your life gets narrower and narrower and what's great about what you're doing is that there are people who are doing really interesting things who will continue to expand for all their life whether it's publicly known or just for themselves but it's a great time as you get older to do more interesting things because your responsibilities ideally have lessened up and there's more time for you it's just so funny and like I, I will admit that when I saw this campaign and I saw that it was like women over 40 and beyond I kind of bristled at that a little bit because I'm 41 and I I do not don't I don't think that I'm not included or represented and I don't at all feel invisible and I feel very young I'm you know I'm starting out on a lot of new journeys and um so like I I I don't I for for me it's like this whole whole idea of like I've loved every decade of my life thus far and my 30s were my 20s were brilliant my 30s were wonderful my 40s are fantastic and it's that whole idea of like celebrating every every decade and every kind of part of aging that kind of comes through and you know um I remember uh, I I remember, you know, I'm not I haven't had any cosmetic surgery or Botox or anything like that. And, you know, if, if that's what you like to do, that's fine. It's not a judgment. And um, it's just not something that I've done. Just I remember a, a, an old colleague of mine was looking to hire an au pair. And um, I remember he chose his au pair because he looked at the pictures of the au pair's family and he said that the mom and dad had lovely laughter lines around their eyes, which which showed him that, that, that she grew up in a happy household and a house full of laughter. And I remember that just sat with me so much that I just thought, like, what a lovely thing to be able to have a life that is lined on your face because of pleasure and joy and that we embrace it and celebrate it as opposed to trying to remove it or hide it you know I think we can convey so much of our lives through our face um, and I think that's something that you know is beautiful and not ugly. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm really with you. And, and it's great fortune for you that you feel the way you do about yourself but also Ariana, you're in you have you have taken action you're in a, a very a very purposeful life a very chosen life it, or it would seem to me do yeah. you know 
and yeah. there are many women and I think it really happens once I think it can start when when women become mothers as well yeah this kind of uncertainty about identity and how they present themselves and and the great thing I suppose about doing a campaign like that is that people have to respond to it and so the more women who are going do you know what great I feel fantastic I'm just going that is fantastic. It's just to how are you responding to this? And for many other women, they're going bloom in hell. Yeah, I didn't yes. notice that mother of the bride outfits are modeled on 20 on something models. People become aware of our representation in magazines, in ads, in in all of that stuff. And also how older is portrayed, because what happens in many ads is the, the person who's older is older because they got gray hair. And while if you I won't mention any particular brands, but you'll get the young people who are there together, they're vibey, they're they've got action, they're laughing. And very often the older person will always be portrayed as sedentary and on their own. Mm, Again, mm. This 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 underlying message of it all implodes. There's there's you're not as active, you're not as interesting, you don't have the same community. And um, it's it's just it's so it's so subtle. Um, that and also the other thing, part of the reason why I did it, Ariane, as well, is that when I was growing up, you know, my mother's a stylish woman, but also my mom had friends and I kind of or teachers, it doesn't matter who they are, but women that you're looking at going, when I'm when I'm older, when I get you know, when I grow up, I want to be like her. And if we are not out there, if we are not seen out mm. there for the generations are coming up behind us, they will just be perplexed as to what aging is. What does it mean? Because we're not in the room. Mm. We are not. People are, as you say, making up rules and guidelines about how you should be when, you know, making decisions for a 40, 50, something, whatever age you are, when you're 20 years of age, what do you know about being, do, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and so it does encourage younger women to start Botoxing their face again. Mm. If that's what you want to do. No judgment, but they are signing up for 40 years of injectables, mm. Mm. you know, so this thing of don't age, because I think there's a presumption that the woman over 40 is chasing youth and we are not chasing youth. No, None of us want to be 25 again. We're looking to enhance who we are and be the best version of, of ourselves and there's a presumption that, oh, we want to go back. Mothers, when you've had a baby, you need to go back to who you were. Never going to happen because yeah. it's not supposed to happen. That's it's so, stage, yeah. It's stage, not age. It's stage, not age. Yes. And old metrics are still applied where by this age, you'll be doing this. By this age, you'll be doing that. And it's just not true, Ariana. You've got women now who are between 25 and 45 whatever age it is a 20-year gap of when women are having kids do, do, do you know or, or whatever age they're they're having it but the metrics the old metrics presume that this is what she'll be doing at this age this is what she'll be doing at it is stage not age and brands are not keeping up with who we are that is so important because I and I think that's why I bristled at that 40 because I was like I'm, you know, 41 and I'm not like, but I also have four older sisters. So my eldest sister is 50, right? So I've got a 50 year old, a 49 year old and a 48 year old and a 46 year old. My mom is 72 and fabulous. You know, she's been a widow for the last 16 years, but, you know, looks great. It's tiny. She's a size eight. She's like small, like five foot one woman, even though she had eight kids. 
um, and she's very active and you know she definitely is in that cohort of people who are very much underrepresented um, in terms of like she's 73 but like when you look at a 73 year old from a media perspective it is absolutely not a depiction of what my mum is like and I also have so many friends and a circle a vibrant circle of, of, of women and people in my life who you know, I'm 41 and I'm only thinking now about having a child. You know, there's lots of people in there. You know, I have a, a friend who's 49 having her second child, you know. So for me, I'm kind of surrounded by all of this vibrancy. And so what I think is important in terms of the message with regard to women unbranded is that vi is that, that vibrancy is not being represented in media. And that vibrancy is not being represented from an advertising perspective. And I, and I worked in advertising for 20 years and I've worked on campaigns. And I think... You know, I created a a, um, a a workshop, actually a training program around unconscious bias within the media industry. And I think, you know, unconscious bias is very prevalent because the people who are planning advertising campaigns or creating advertising campaigns are primarily men, you know, university educated from an Irish perspective, white who are in the ages of between sort of 25 and 33. That's kind of the people who are really the ones creating the advertising campaign. And there is just an unconscious bias that kind of comes into that. There is an idea of what a person should look like at a certain age. Um, and that's just not the case. So like, what are you, what is the, the sort of the, the, the call to action with Women Unbranded? Like, what are you trying to, how, how and, you know, are you doing what you're doing? Do you know, and I suppose what, what you just mentioned there is, is really what it's about. It's about us being in the room because it, there, it, there's this presumption that we know who they are. And it's just like we have to be in the, we have to be in the room. So I think how this is going to change uh, is because the, the kind of bias towards age is so great. Uh, I can't take it on in terms of, you know, huge brands in that in that sense. So it's a real grassroots campaign. So I did a shout out to people going, anyone want to get involved? And I have the most phenomenal women who are articulate and passionate about this, who work in all sorts of arenas. It might be in recruitment. It might be in dentistry. I mean, like just extraordinary women who are saying, how can I help? Because they see this in their own in their own way. So so what we're doing is we are uh, we are building a website. And the purpose of the website is that we will identify the pain points for women and hopefully offer solutions. So I've had uh, someone who's who's in recruitment who was talking about how women approach getting jobs, the language they use mm. on themselves, how they talk to themselves. So we so it's it's to get women doing whatever they want to do. So if it is, I want to go back to work, I want to elevate work or whatever, how can we help? There's obviously loads of help out there, but how can we pinpoint these things that you can do that will help you achieve and get back into what you want to do if it's style if it's simply that I just want to feel better about what I'm wearing every day we can do, do you know so it's about identifying the pain points for women and, and just providing solutions for them and also I, I started this thing of celebrate your style and um, simply to get women to send me photographs of themselves not when they're going to the races not when it's an occasion but just any time when they're wearing something they're going just for me I'm, this is what I'm wearing. And again, it's just to put the visibility out there that you belong 
you you should be celebrated. I, I love the fact that you're that you're making an effort for yourself. No one else is necessarily going to be aware of it. Uh, and so it's to have that visibility. Uh, I'm doing photographic campaigns using older models because, again, that's another nonsense that people say, oh, there's no older models. That's just such a load of twaddle. So there, there are all these kind of excuses. And again, it's just to raise the visibility of women. And I think by by us being more visible, it means that we are invited to have a seat at the table, that people understand our value, our worth, how phenomenal and fantastic we are because we don't belong in the shadows. Mm. And I, I see here on the studies that you that you did, over a third of women who spoke to Unbranded said they were influenced by magazines at 42%. Um, I you'll be pleased to know that Irish Country Magazine in our next issue we have our beautiful fashion shoot with a lady in her 60s we you know we're really conscious of wanting to make sure that we have that representation and I think that is going to be even more and I know Clara was talking to you Kathy as well about yeah. about about opportunities with it within the campaign that you're doing one of those amazing women that, that you talked about that's kind of jumped on board was a, a previous guest Yvonne Redden who I had on the podcast talking about her self-publishing journey she I know put up a link post and is doing um, an article about it in the examiner and is looking to talk to people as well and you know I hope I can put my hand up and say I'd love to be involved in any way from a coaching capacity and all of that because you know and as I say that unconscious bias workshop the confidence workshop all of those things that I think are so important um, in terms of like you know solving some of those those issues within media and advertising because I've been talking about it for years it's like my mom is someone who people should be targeting from an advertising point of view but at 73 she doesn't even feature on the advertising campaign brief she's not there she's she's exactly. she's dead essentially in the eyes of the advertising world and, and you know it's it's amazing ariana and particularly with magazines because again if you look if you open magazines you know the, the, the great validation in a way or, or that sense of belonging is to look at people who look vaguely like you i mean i don't mean but but you know like where you feel a kind of oh this is relevant to me and I, I think people are so used to doing what they're doing that it needs people to take their head above the parapet and go, do you know what? We are making it. We are making a stand uh, kind of on this. And, I, you know, and again, you know, I've been I've been trying to do this for for a year. I've had more conversations with Bloomin editors of magazines and almost nothing happens. And so it's brilliant that you know, Barbara Power, Jen Stevens and Sunday Times, you know, that that slowly it's getting traction. And I think from one light many, many candles can be lit. And that's the power of it, where people can take the ball, run with it in their own community and just do what they can do to kind of offer 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 visibility. Um, because I, I think it's 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 important for us, but for the generations that are coming behind us, mm. it's really important that they feel of value for all of their lives and not redundant at the age of 35. Mm, mm. And sexy as well, I think, you know, I think. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. No, but, 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 there, but, you know, take it, take an example there that, you know, for, for women who are menopausal, as you know, the hot flashes, sleeping at night is, is a real nightmare. And there is one brand that that has created a, a kind of nightwear for for um for for women and they have done it in prison colors so it's just like the most unappealing stuff you could ever find in the store everything else gets merchandising it gets color it gets you know just it's appealing please you know shop this and we've made it really pretty and, and attractive 
this particular uh, this particular range is at the back of the shop in the most appalling colors like stuff you would never want to wear at all and and so it's like why do you think that we would want to wear prison outfits to bed at night do, do you know it's just a, a presumption that all of that aspect of ourselves just dies it's mm. Mm. It's, it's just outrageous and I, I like I, there's just two things there just uh, on the menopausal side of things you know I remember a friend of mine um, talking recently about being perimenopausal and kind of entering into early sort of menopause but when she w- went in search of information on the internet around menopause all she was seeing were women like you know with that gray hair like old like she was not represented and this is one of the most vibrant people I know she was not represented at all from a visual perspective and so she felt very um like sort of not ashamed but sort of like not connected to the world that she now found herself in of a perimenopausal woman she was sort of feeling adrift because she wasn't seeing that visual representation and we've seen how important that is in so many ways when we look at women in sport we've just had the amazing you know women's world cup you know if you can see it you can be it and I think you know we've had that in minorities and as you sort of you've talked about we've had all of that diversity and inclusion but I think also, you know, off the back of my my uh, episode with Dr. Peter McGraw um, and, you know, talking about the rise of singles and the rise of humanity coinciding with the rise of women. And, you know, we're still on that journey, that rise of, of, of women, that rise of our femininity, that for so long we were just fighting for equality and a place at the table and, you know, the glass ceiling and all of that. But now we're getting to the point where we're like period power and menopause power and actually talking about all of these things that we weren't allowed to talk about talking about miscarriage talking about birth talking about you know wanting to be child free and single and that being a power and that being okay um and I think that's you know what's you know really exciting about the sort of the place that we find ourselves in in this point of history I suppose (laughs) Kathy right as a woman to be able to be part of that conversation no, absolutely. And, you know, Ariana, the other point that you made there is that people can be going along with their lives and are not even thinking necessarily or thinking, oh, age, like whatever type of thing. And it's not until you you step out of your life, maybe to have a child, maybe perimenopause has happened. Maybe you want to your kids are raised and you want to get back into employment. Maybe you're 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 curious about, you know, should I use injectables or get treatments and whatever that you realize how excluded we are from all of those conversations. So so it's not until you raise your head that you that and you're looking for the reassurance of Yes, we're here. Look at her. She's done it. And again, you know, this is again a very well known um, uh, aesthetic clinic. And an awful lot of their promotion is done on girls who are in their 20 somethings. And you're looking at this girl going, my God, her skin is gorgeous. It's like, I, I'm not going to have the skin of a 20 year old. That's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, why is it that a major skincare brand who creates a product that is absolutely formulated for an older skin? has a 20-something actress advertising it. The the chasm between, we get that it's got to be aspirational, we totally get that, but the chasm between, wow, if I don't have the skin of a 20-something-year-old, that's, I don't belong. Do do you know what I mean? It's it's really, and, and I think people don't feel these pain points until something happens in their lives where they are having to step outside 
what's going on and then they realize I'm just not visible I'm not seeing people like me I'm not included and that is not healthy it's not good and it's not right but I think from an advertising perspective, I think we, the people, <laughs> the consumers have gotten a lot more savvier and a lot more power. And I think certainly that comes with the rise of influencer and influencer marketing and things like that. So we see this is bullshit. This person hasn't used this product. You know, I don't believe them. And so for so long, we didn't have that sort of there was a there was a barrier between us and the advertising world. You know, there was campaigns that we were just sort of voyeurs of. Whereas now I think we've kind of jumped through that uh, that portal and we're sort of more a part of it now and we're able to really influence as normal people or as the ordinary person that we don't necessarily need those big, massive, you know, expensive advertising campaigns in order to make decisions. I think that comes in the the survey that you looked about as as, as well in terms of friends are the most influential. 69% said that they were inspired by their friend's style and beauty. So we're, we're no longer being told or like what we've, like we're not listening necessarily to the advertising anymore really because we aren't being represented, I suppose. So they're losing out. Yeah. Well, exactly, Ariana. And I thought that was really interesting because, uh, you know, just in terms of friends being the biggest influence. Um, but I suppose the challenge in a way for advertisers is that the 40 something woman does not have the same dedication to social media as the 20 something woman uh, does. So uh, and also the tribe doesn't exist in the same way because the visibility isn't there. So you uh, and also, as you say, as you said earlier, we're much more savvy. So if some influencers going, oh, my God, look at this ASOS dress, it's fabulous. Sorry. Look at this fast fashion dress and this fabulous. And the next day they're going, I'm all about sustainability. The bullshitometer that we have is really active. And so we we are, are kind of discerning in that way in terms of who's talking to us, what are you saying? And authenticity really matters. To be authentic really matters. Uh, and I think that's why uh, and authenticity doesn't always get the most attention, if you know what I mean. And that's why the whole influencing world where people where the currency is attention those that practice it will do anything in order to get attention so their kids become their marketing tools they're talking about their relationships with their husband <laughs> what you know just stuff that i you know and essentially what they are is they are qvc guised as something else do, mm -hmm. do you know what i mean so mm -hmm. i think so this i so i think it's natural in a way that this over 40 woman will go to a friend going i like that on you does this cream work it, 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 or whatever it is and and be guided by that as opposed to that social media thing influence thing is is really tricky unless people are, are very very obviously authentic about who they work with why they work with them and you know and and that's it's it's not it's not a smash and grab take the money and run no and I mean I was very involved with the IAB which is the um the Advertising Standards Board here in Ireland um, a, a few years ago and I actually helped was on a board to help write the guidelines around influencer advertising in terms of that hashtag ad hashtag PR hashtag invite and, and sort of the guidelines around how people needed to be very clear with their reader or with their user or their viewer that they were actually being you know promoted and, and you know advertising standards are, are very very important as well it's oh my god we could talk for so long about this and I'm my mind is already like whirring with like the ideas of like, people like my connections of people that I could kind of get you in front of with this but um 
I just wanted to kind of touch on as well, you know, I know, you you know, you're private about this, the, the, these, these things in terms of your private life, but being solo, being a proudly solo person is something that is a big part of this podcast as well. And I know that sort of, you know, you are, as you say, single by choice and living a, a remarkable, fabulous, you know, life as a solo older woman. I mean, can we talk about that a little bit for, for, the, for the, the listeners of the pod? We're d- delighted to, yeah, and and you know it's it's so f- strange in a way the the kind of associations around around being single because I think very often the brackets that come after single in some people's mind is single and desperate, <laughs> and, and 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 I I certainly would be. I mean I think for all of us if we wanted to have some sort of muppet with us tomorrow we 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 could make that happen, and you know the the again that that kind of notion of finding love and um, you know the kind of dissipation of that reality in people's minds as we get older is astonishing uh, a few years ago I got engaged and I, I could not believe the response to it I can't even remember how old I was maybe it was five or year, more years ago or whatever and I had people coming up to me in petrol stations going oh my god You've got engaged at your age. If you can do it, my sister, my aunt, my, do, do you know, it was it was really astounding. Uh, and something that hadn't quite occurred to me so forcefully is that people presume that if you haven't met someone by a certain age, it's not going to happen. Mm. And, and that just simply is not the case. And, um, you know, and, and I think and I do have friends of mine who've kind of lost hope. And I think it's you know, I think it's something unless you can really make peace with it's 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 a difficult thing to carry kind of with you. And even though obviously, you know, meeting someone organically is definitely more of a challenge than it than it was. And I think there are so many other opportunities that one needs to embrace, get on with it. It is great fun. You'd meet people that you'd never, ever meet otherwise. And having conversations with them is just fantastic. And I think fortune favors the brave. Mm Yeah, and I mean, look, you know, we talked about on my episode with Peter McGraw about the different types of singles. There's the 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 someday's, those people who someday hope that they will meet someone. And you talk about your friends that have kind of lost hope, and they're kind of like single people that are sort of searching that the searching for love. And then there's the other kind of people who are embracing solo living. And so there's those the just maze where it's like, yeah, I might meet someone, I might not, but I'm perfectly happy with my life that I have, and I'm living the life that I want to lead. And if I meet someone, and someone comes into my life that's fine then there's like the no ways the people who are like I don't want to be in a relationship at all a lot of widows kind of fall into that category you know maybe they could have been in a relationship or you know certainly for my mom people was like oh has your mom never met someone and when you say to my mom she's like what why would I want to be married again I telling somewhere where I'm going and what I'm doing and having to cook a dinner and you know she was like she's loving the the freedom and I think that's what's so important is that as solos we have so much more freedom to be able to take risk and to be able to um, you know, do things for ourselves and, you know, be a little bit selfish in our choices because we're, we don't have to worry about other people, children, partners or whatever it might be. Um, and then there's the new ways, which are the people who are embracing all kinds of new ways of living their life and, and like polyamory and, you know, uh, like just basically just being free to be whoever they want to be and not necessarily following the, the norm that people think that you have to be in a relationship in order to be happy. And I think, you know, 
you I I am certainly happy you're certainly happy right you know we're neither you or I are sitting here crying lonely you know looking for lonely for for lon for lonely as um rom-com movies kind of wishing we had different lives and um and, and I think just like what you talked about with beauty and people not really believing that we don't all want to be young um people look at people being single and don't really believe that we don't all want to be in relationships you know it's it's a strange psychological phenomenon that occurs isn't it it, it really is and I suppose there's you know and, and it's lovely to be with so, to be with the right person yeah the right person not not just any El Muppet um you know because obviously it's lovely to share but but I don't think it's a life that's bereft if that doesn't if that doesn't happen and, and I think again I suppose it's about you know taking action um in terms of because if you if you've uh, you know if you've lived in a kind of insular thing so supposing you were married and now you find yourself not not married anymore um, it's about having to find your tribe. Yeah. So, so rather than kind of going, well, this is the end of that, it's actually about going out, finding other people who are, who've got the same passion, be it for hiking, be it for whatever else. And those passions are a great way of starting to, to build friendships, build relationship of any sort, because life is rich with relationship. It's mm. not defined or it's not solely down to a romantic relationship. Do, do, you know, it, that doesn't have to be the 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 everything in a sense. Um, and it is about there's many people out there who are doing their own thing, who who have other dalliances, as you say, so many different ways of being. Yeah, I just think it's interesting to hear your perspective as someone in her 60s, I think, because so far I've had people on the podcast who are, you know, happy and single, but maybe in their 30s or 40s. And I think there is still that sort of expectation or that kind of pressure that gets put onto a single person of that age. Whereas I think when you get into that little bit older category, it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's kind of like not seen as sort of there's an expectation necessarily but that it's like okay well that's the life that that they've chosen and you know but I think there is another attachment that comes with that that people then automatically think that you're sad or you're lonely that whole kind of like idea of the old lady living with the cats kind of thing you know <laughs> no no absolutely and also I suppose you know listen I, I know more than yourself Ariane I'm sure I could have been married many times yes. I mean I've, I've had great relationships with great people who were not for me I mean that's yes. also that's absolutely fine and the fact that they didn't go the distance doesn't mean that they weren't incredibly rewarding valuable insightful I mean you know and that continues on in 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 a sense um and I think you know I, I suppose it's it's you know when you put a high value on yourself one has to be circumspect about who you share your time and who you share your life with so if it is the right person that's going to enhance that is absolutely brilliant but it's not relationship at any cost and I tell you I know some people who are in oh my god such unhealthy situations that it would almost be impossible for them to get out of because they're so institutionalized mm. and you know so just being in a relationship isn't if it's the right relationship it's fantastic but but you know it's 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 not the it's not the cure-all to to um to everything by any means but you know that being said i i do i do find Ireland here quite insular in that way I think it's a little bit Noah's Ark the animals go in two by two and I think that when you know it, it it does require an effort to 
re to find your tribe to to find other people they're there they're there but for most people who are couples they tend to hang around with other couples mm. and you know it's the dinner party invites mm. that you no know, it has to be an even number it can never be an odd mm. it's really bizarre you know in a way but it's it's how a lot of people kind of um, live and, and and forget about the value of just people around a table as opposed to oh there's two of you actually and that is and that is and that goes back to this whole message of women unbranded as well it is just we are just people at a table right we don't you know and we need to be seen and represented no matter what your choices are what, what whatever your relationship choices your sexual choices your fashion choices your beauty choices your choice choice around parenthood um you know it's just that everybody has that opportunity to be seen and to be represented and look I put up a post just yesterday about how it's never too late to meet new friends. I, I put up a post um the day before of me in my Brazilian jiu-jitsu because I took up MMA this year um and mixed martial arts. And so I put up a picture about that and I had like 94 likes and I happened to just look and see that of those 94 likes, 42 were from people that I have only just met since January this year, right? So since January this year, there were 40 new people that have come into my life in a multitude of ways who all liked my picture in a, in a show of support. And so my message within the post was that it's never too late to make new friends, but you do have to put yourself out there. You do have to go to join clubs or join a gym or, you know, get involved with new hobbies, new activities, be open to thinking differently, be open to new ideas. Um, and, you know, and also I had a coaching client recently who was talking about how he feels that he's a bit of an introvert because when he goes out with his mates, um, you know, he doesn't really have much to talk about. And, and when I asked him what they talked about, he said, well, they talk a lot about GAA, but I don't like GAA. And I was like, well, then you're just in the wrong group not that you're not interesting it's just that you're with people who don't want to talk about something that you want to talk about and I think a lot of people fear that as well in Ireland I think when you have this group of friends that you've had for many years breaking out of that is something that people are afraid to do again because of what people might think of them but also it's just keeping people so insular and not allowing them to explore those new opportunities there's always people to meet and there's always new new relationships and new friendships to be formed I think but so uh, absolutely so true ariana and, and also i think a great gesture of kindness is to include people yeah. do, do, you know like just to an extend a, a, an invitation I, i'm going to go away just unexpectedly for a few days and i, I just do a shout out going anyone who, who else wants to come you know yeah. and so there are friends of mine who don't know each other who will go away for four days do, do you know what i mean like yeah. it's, it's that 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 thing of just including and I think people when they're in insular situations they forget to include and um, they forget to include people because it's it's just it disrupts the kind of norm and I, I just think doing a shout out going I'm doing as, as you say I'm doing this and, and people respond and so like a, a shared as you're so right a shared passion is a great starting point yeah it's a great starting point I'm so glad you just said that because it reminded me of a thing that I wanted to say to you which was to thank you Kathy because you are such a person who does that I was at a event recently at uh, the launch of uh, the boots actually age-defying product which they brought out the new number seven product but anyway we won't talk about that but I remember being at that event and kind of walking around and I remember you coming up to me and you were like 
if you're on your own, come over here. There's a few of us on our own. And you were so kind. And I remember just thinking what a lovely gesture that was, because when you do go to events, you do feel a little bit of drift sometimes, unless you can kind of find the person that you sort of know. And, and so I said, oh, thank you. And I came over and I chatted with you and we had lovely and Rosemary, we had a lovely conversation and everything. But I think some people, you know, are reluctant to do that as well. And I think that's, you know, that's definitely there's a bravery that comes with being able to welcome people into your fold um and and I think that's you know highly commendable so thank you for yeah, that thank you no no but but you know but again I suppose it comes from having that perspective of me going into a room going I don't know anyone here or you know and again just through work we would do a lot of these things on our own and the more you go obviously you, you'd know people but I've certainly walked into a room and I just go God, wouldn't it be lovely if someone said, how are you? Join us where you yeah. don't feel Johnny no mates uh, because it's it's not social. It's not your social life. This is work life. So I, I think the more awareness, the more insight we have just going, ah, listen, let's gather anyone on their own. Come on over here. And sure, do you, do you know, and and the, the, the experience becomes all the richer because yeah. I remember you had a great chat with Rosemary yeah. and people are, do, do you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's just refreshing. And, yeah. and that's how you find your tribe though, because that's what, and that's what I always say. That is the message of this podcast as well, that as solos, it's not about living a lonely life. It's about living the most full life. And actually when you are a solo and when you're willing to put yourself out there, be brave, experience new things, meet new people, you meet other people who are like you and that becomes your tribe you know and so in that room that day you me Rosemary we were two three people and we were the people who were there on our own and then we weren't on our own anymore right exactly right exactly right and, and you know there's all sorts of friendships as well Ariana because I think some people think oh um, it's a friend and you might have friends that you do a thing with another friend that you go to concerts with another one that you just meet for coffee do, do you know and it's to have that diversity that expansion is is great because otherwise things become very insular and the danger with that is that you think your world is the world yes and it's great to go into town to see buskers to see you know just the diversity of life enriches our life where if you stay only with your own tribe only in your own neighborhood it's a whole world going on out there mm. be it be it awful things that you're seeing of like homelessness or but but at least you're exposed to to what's happening do you know mm. and, and mm. it's 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 just great to to meet people who've got different points of view or do you know I have pals any of just who live a very different life that's that's that's, but that's and that's why you know like in terms of why I advocate so much for solo travel and obviously when I traveled all around yeah. last year I was constantly meeting complete strangers who I would be in their company for half an hour sitting at a coffee shop but I would have the most amazing interesting conversations I remember walking down the street one time with Molly my dog and this lady sitting at a table in in one of the side streets in Paris said oh your dog is lovely and I said oh you're Irish and she said yeah I've just moved here and we became friends like you know which is so unheard of you know you wouldn't kind of that if you were to sort of make friends with a random person at a coffee shop in in Dublin you'd think people were weirdos but it was the most natural normal thing and we met up for drinks and we're friends on Instagram and I see you know she was in she's in she's in theater like but these are the kinds of magical things that happen when you're willing to be like open to having conversations and to meeting new people and you know it's 100%. rich in yeah in, in life yeah absolutely and you know the other thing I think that happens about those spontaneous kind of interactions Ariana is that you're very real so it's not like oh who are you and you've, I've been introduced to you through so and so whatever whatever is going on for you in that moment yes. is 
is what you're expressing do you know so you can have these really quite intimate conversations with strangers or else have a chat about something else or a dog or whatever but what's lovely is that there isn't any preamble there's just here we are right now what's going on yeah and actually go to go back to what we've been talking about earlier I think you're more likely to do that if you feel good about yourself if you've kind of gotten up that morning and put on an outfit that you feel good in or that you've done because I think sometimes people who don't feel good about themselves maybe hide away or maybe aren't open to chatting to people and I think everything ties into each other you know if we can feel good we have more confidence we're more willing to to smile at a person and to sort of have that spark up that conversation because we're already feeling that level of confidence within our body as well so all of these things there's a thread between everything that we've talked about here today I think Uh, absolutely Ariane and and I mean that's a really good example you know and and that's why I really advocate for that thing of style being self-expression because you might have someone who's going to an event or whatever and she's kind of going oh bloody hell I should have put on weight lost weight and you know whatever they see someone in a red dress and they're going damn I should have I should have worn the red dress they're adjusting their thing because they they're not feel comfortable in themselves and their entire night can be with a parallel universe conversation going on in their head where they don't get to be present for a moment mm. because there's this monkey chattering in their head. And so 100 percent, any times when we're just going, do you know, what? I feel good about me today because I brushed my hair or whatever. I'm out for a walk. It does not matter what it is. But absolutely, we engage with the world in an entirely different way because we've the liberation in terms of our mind of actually being present. Yeah, amazing. Oh my gosh, we have gone way, way, way over time and I feel like we could talk for hours more. Like, oh my goodness. Um, like there's just so many tangents that we could have gone off of on. Um, so maybe I'll have to get you back on the podcast, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a year's time when we have revolutionized the advertising industry, Kathy, and, uh, <laughs> and represent is very much at the fore for women in um, 40 plus and um, thank you so much for being such an interesting and empowering guest and for talking about so many um, things that I know the listeners of this podcast will be um, hugely interested in so I really appreciate your time and um, it's been a pleasure to have you thank, thank you for doing what you're doing and giving us all a platform to to do this a real pleasure thank you thank you so much <laughs>